friends, here's a question I want to ask. Ladies, I'll put a garden with both of my musumaki. Is where are your wounds? Where are your wounds? You can still interpret in English. I'm not what? interpreting, I'm just moving between. Where are your wounds? Sometime back, I, I, I sat and I listened to a rabbi speak to his congregation. A Jewish teacher. He was about, he probably knew he was about to die because shortly after that he died. And as he spoke to them, everybody was expecting a very powerful last sermon from him. But what about when he stood in front of them? He says to them, I want to apologize to you for not being the best pastor I should have been to you. For not saving the marriages that needed saving. For not discussing with the lost youth. Stuff that I should have discussed with. For not coming around that loner in the church who never had a friend. For not listening more as I should have listened more. And as I pondered yesterday those words. And I remember how the congregation looked at him. They felt sorry for him. Yesterday as I thought about the whole scenario. I remember the women who were crying for Jesus. He was beaten, he was bruised beyond recognition. And they began to cry for him. And Jesus spoke so many things in his pain. He spoke about his affliction. About his sense of loneliness where the father has left him. And yet in his pain, when they looked at him, and they felt they had to cry for him, Jesus turns around and says, don't cry for me. Jesus, the Bible says, he says, I take my life and I put it down. And I can take it up at will. I give it as I wish. When I came down, this is what I said to the Father. Sacrifices you do not desire. But a body you prepared for me. That it may go down and die for them. And even when in the face of agony, I still know I can choose to die or not to die. But it is within my desire to suffer for them. For this 
time I was born, I was prepared for this moment. It is the most painful time. But I was prepared for it. So he says to them, do not cry for me. Cry for yourselves. For what is coming your way, chances are you are not prepared for it. So friends, many people are in different storms. And greater storms are coming. And I ask myself, how did Jesus prepare people for the storms? What are the kind of Christians that he sought to produce? Jesus, unlike the modern pastor, his concern was not provision for people. They came and ate bread because they were hungry. He fed them. But when their focus became the bread, he refused to give them bread. When they came to healing for healing to him, the Bible says he healed all men of sickness and disease. But when they, 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 they came with unbelief, the Bible says he could perform no miracles in their midst. And so the needs of the people drove and provoke his compassion. But he did not preempt his actions. The needs of people. They, they stirred his compassion. But they did not control what he did. And so Jesus, when he prepares them, he says, these are the things that I want you to understand. Peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives. And he goes on record to say, in the world you will have trouble. But be encouraged, I have overcome the world. Jesus speaking of his own troubles. The Bible says he tells them, he tells them, the son of man will be betrayed and he will be killed. And I feel sorry for him. He says he will be handed over to sinners. They will kill him. They feel sorry for him. And Jesus goes through the agony. I wanted us to read all of that but you know the, the story. I'm just going to go through it. It says from birth, Herod chased him out of his birth country into Egypt. His life was surrounded with so many challenges. Towards the end of his life, the Bible says, 
When you read in Matthew 26, it says now that the, the, the Pharisees, the Sanhedrin, they came and gathered at the high priest house. It says they plotted how to kill him. Jesus was surrounded by people who wanted him dead. In the same chapter when you go down, it Judas went to them, one of his disciples, and says, how much will you give me if I give him to you? Jesus was surrounded by people who were ready to betray him. The Bible says that very same night, he speaks to them and he says, tonight all of you are going to fall away on account of me. You are going to leave me alone. Jesus was surrounded by people who are not ready to be there when the chips are down. And the Bible says when he went to pray, he says to them, my soul is overcome with agony. I am so overwhelmed to the point of death. And the Bible says, he says, stay here, I want to go and pray. And he records that when he began to pray, the angels came and they strengthened him and he started to pray fervently and he started sweating and he sweat like was, like was blood, like blood. And he says, Father, if it were possible, let this pain, let this cup pass away from me. But not my will, but your will. And that very same night, a, 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 a friend comes. He betrays him with a kiss. And Jesus says, friend. He still calls him friend in the midst of betrayal. He says, friend, do you betray your master with a kiss? And, and, and as if that was not enough, that very same night, his closest companion, a man he showed stuff when he was transfigured in Matthew 17 he went with Peter, John and James Peter was a man so many things but the Bible records that on that night when a maid servant said you are with him the Bible says Peter began to curse and says I don't know him he began to swear. I don't know him. Jesus. Jesus. Was surrounded. By people. Who were ready to deny him. And the Bible tells us. When he had resurrected, he goes to the same people. He says, peace be with you. 
You denied me you are covered with guilt. Peace be with Are you feeling shame that you were not there when I needed you? Peace be with you. And so then the Bible tells us that Thomas was not there. And when they say we saw the Lord, Thomas says, Unless I see the wounds, unless I see where he was pierced, unless I see and put my hands on his side, I will not believe. I listen to how the Bible puts it. It says at the crucifixion, they came to check whether the people were dead so that they are not they do not remain on the cross by sunset. When they got to him they started by breaking the the legs of the other two to kill them. When they got to him, they found he's dead. To ensure he's dead, they pierced him with a, a, a spear on the side. And the Bible says, blood and water flow. Blood and water in our, in our, uh, our bodies. You can't separate them. They are one. But in this case, they flowed in a manner that was evident. And the Bible speaks of the blood of redemption. It speaks of the water that washes us from a guilty conscience. It talks about the washing by the water by the way. Friends, Thomas says, Thomas if he's the true one, the wounded healer, if it is him, I will see by his wounds. Because there is no other way to mark what he has done and the fact that it is the authentic him but his wounds. And so Paul and, Paul and Barnabas encouraged the church in Acts 14. After planting these churches, they come back. They say to these people, you are blessed going in, blessed going out from the soul of, from the top Let's of your head to the, the sole of your feet. No, they don't say that. They say to them, oh, God is going to give you a lot of money. You're going to be so blessed. blessed. They don't say that. They say to them, we're going to have the best auditorium and we're going to have the best worship team. They don't say that. The Bible says they said, it is through hardships that we are going to enter the kingdom of God. Isn't it amazing that the first form of encouragement after 
When they came the first time, the Bible says they preached Jesus in those cities. When they came second time to encourage them, hardships are coming. But consider it joy. James chapter 1 says count it all joy when you face all kinds of trials and tribulations for the testing of your faith I wish James could say God will supply all your needs but he says count it all joy Listen to what Peter says. In 1 Peter. From verse 23 of chapter 2. He says, when they held their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree. So that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you were healed. Peter says, Peter, he repeats what Isaiah says in 53, says, he was beaten, he was bruised, the chastisement of our transgression was put upon him. But Peter emphasizes this point. There is no healing without those wounds. There is no hope without seeing the pierced side. And the pierced hands. In chapter 3 of the same book, Peter says, Finally, verse 8, Finally, all of you, live in harmony with one another. Be sympathetic. Love as brothers. Be compassionate and humble. Verse 9. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult, but with blessing, because to this you were called, so that you may inherit a blessing. Verse 13, he says, who's going to harm you if you are eager to do good? But if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear what they fear. Do not be frightened. But in your heart, set Christ apart as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. Let's say, like, I'm not a lawyer, but I'm not a lawyer. 
Now Mark verse 17, look at verse 17, it says, It is better if it is God's will to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. In chapter 4, it says, verse 12, Dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice that you participate in the sufferings of Christ. So that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ. Once again. You are blessed. For the spirit of the glory and of God rests on you. If you suffer, it should not be as a murderer or a thief or any other kind of criminal or even as a meddler. Did you hear the last part? Do not suffer as a meddler. A person who's always caught in controversy about people's other, other people's lives. However, if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but praise God that you bear that name. Verse 19. So then, those who suffer according to God's will should commit themselves to their, to their faithful creator and continue to do good. Alan Payton wrote a book some time back. Alan Payton Remember, Cry the Beloved Country. Cry the Beloved Country. And he wrote another book. I'm still trying to remember the name. In that book, a man talks about his relationship with God. He says, I embrace sufferings. Like Paul says, Paul says, I fulfill in my body the sufferings of Christ. Paul says, I was beaten, I was, all these things were done to me for the name of Jesus. For whether I live or I die, may his name be glorified. This guy says, when I stand before Jesus, I don't want him to say, where are your wounds for me? And then I will say to Jesus, Lord, I have none. And Jesus will ask me, was there nothing worth fighting for? Is there something you are ready to suffer for? For Jesus. 
Friends, you are not going to have so many wounds. But when we want to stand unashamed before Jesus, we have to Jesus. take those blows. Sometimes it will be at work. They will hell insults at you. Because of who you are in Christ. What are you going to do? Retaliate. The Bible says he didn't. He, he took the wounds. Because the wounds are a testimony that he is the savior. And our wounds for him are our testimony that if we suffer with him, we will reign with him. It will be in your marriage. So many of us are so ready to always defend ourselves No one wants to take a blow and say Jesus for the name and the sake of your glory. These are the wounds I suffered. When I was insulted, I said, forgive them for they know not. Count not this sin against them. When I was abused, when I was betrayed, I still said, peace be with you. For I knew that you are worthy for me to suffer these wounds. out of these wounds, there is a testimony that Jesus is worthy for him to suffer for him. And so bad situations do not produce bad people. They reveal who they are. And their response to those situations determine whether they are bad or good people. Don't take the wounds. They won't take the shortcut. They will cry with hope. Listen to what it says about Jesus. In Hebrews chapter 5, from verse 7 it says, During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with loud cries and tears. To the one who could save him from death, and he was heard because of his reverent submission. What kind of Christians are we producing? I've told you that personally for me. My worst concern about this congregation is twofold. I've told you that every church has sheep, has what else? Goats, and what else? And wolves. And I say, my fear for the sheep is that you can pastor people 
And under your leadership, they end up in hell. The second one is that you can produce people who are so weak that their faith will fail them when the devil has asked to sift them. And so this is what it says of Jesus. It says, although he was a son, he learned obedience from what he suffered. And once made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. And was designated by God to be high priest in the order of Melchizedek. Shall we stand up, saints? Here's where I wish we had one service. At this point, I would have loved for us to pray for each person. That your faith may not fail. That you may not wish to be taken out. But you may be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Even when you cry. You do not retreat. Even when you are hit. You do not surrender. But like Jesus. You offer prayers. With loud cries and tears to him who can save you. And you stay submitted to the king. And you say, Lord, if it is your will that I suffer, I consider myself blessed so that when I'm perfected, I may stand unashamed before you. And I can say, Lord, it was hard in my marriage. The wounds that my marriage produced. But for the glory of your name, here are the wounds, Lord. It was hard at work amongst friends. Sometimes I felt like quitting. Sometimes I was in debt. Sometimes I was sick. And I felt how long, God. I felt the bashing and the pelting with stones of life. And the storms hit against my boat. You were there.